Would you turn with me please to Romans the 13th chapter this morning. Romans chapter 13. We're so glad that you've come this morning and we're so we're thankful for everybody that has given uh, not just this morning but in times past and helped us and supported us and it's a, it's a blessing to see God put you put you and the ministry on people's heart and uh, we're, we're just thankful we don't take any of that for granted and we believe that the Lord is teaching us and establishing us to grow in the things of God. It's my job as leader of this church and ministry to seek him about his will and, and to lead and to feed and I'm committing to you to do that. Yeah. Amen. And if the Lord has called you to hook up here, then you need to commit to follow. Amen. And you'll find that we're very serious about serving God here. I have no tolerance for playing church. These things are too serious. And I have no tolerance for making light of the things of God. They are important. Amen. And they should be honored and they should be respected. We can have fun. But at the same time, there's never, it's never okay to be disrespectful to the Lord and His Word and His things, right? And how many believe the Lord's a good God that if you'll give yourself fully to Him, He'll take all you give and He'll bless all that you let Him use. Amen? We're celebrating motherhood today. And I don't speak on motherhood and mothers just because it is Mother's Day, but because it is scriptural. It is biblical to honor mother, amen, Amen. and father, but today we're honoring mother. So mothers, enjoy it. And uh, sons and daughters and husbands, hearken. Romans 13, are you here? Romans 13 and verse 7. Says, render therefore to all their dues. In other words, give to everybody what you ought to give to them, what's due them. Give tribute to whom tribute is due. That also includes taxes, whether you like that or not. Custom or toll to whom custom. Fear, which would include respect, reverence. To whom fear or respect is due. And honor to whom honor. Give honor to all those and to everyone to whom honor is due. Is it, is honor due to our mothers and fathers? Just turn quickly to Ephesians. A lot of you know this, but let's look at it again. In the sixth chapter of Ephesians, Ephesians 6, we'll begin in verse 1. Ephesians 6, 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, we ought not excuse uh, disobedience in children because of the, the day we live in. 
You know, people try to say, well, no, we live in a different day. Well, yes and no, we live in a different day technologically. But human nature is a whole lot the same as it was centuries ago and thousands of years ago. Hmm? People say, well, we didn't have all the temptations. Well, you know, whether it's moonshine or some new drug, it's very similar temptation. And, of course, the opposite sex has always been around. Right? Nothing new about all those things. And so uh, a lot of folk are making excuses nowadays and saying, well, yeah, but it's just different. It's just different. Well, the essentials are not different. Human nature is the same. The devil's the same. Thank God Jesus is the same. And the essential spiritual problems are the same. And thank God the spiritual answer is the same. So let's don't make excuses and allowances for things. Let's, let's purpose to have what the Bible says we're to, we ought to have in today, in this generation, in 2002. How many believe the Bible's relevant for 2002? Yes. Absolutely. You got to watch about this. Well, it's a different time. Well, <laughs> depends on what you're talking about. When it comes to obeying God, it's not. It's always time to obey God. Verse 2 says, honor your father and mother. Who's talking here? This is the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Through Paul, this is, this is God talking to us. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Can we do anything that affects how long we live? Amen. Yes, we can. You know, there's common misconception. People even misquote the Bible. For instance, you hear a lot of people say, well, it's appointed unto man a time to die. And when your appointed time comes, you're going. And that's a misquote of the Scripture. Scripture doesn't actually say that. I'll I'll tell you in just a minute what, what Scripture people are misquoting. But people have the concept that God has a calendar. And it's got your name on it. And it might be 4.05 on a Thursday. And when the clock clicks around, your number's up. Then the jig is up. And God takes you. Well, I know that's popular thinking. But, you know, we've been talking around here on Friday nights about exactly about truth or tradition. And when we're, we're always hollering about, like the lady used to going through the, the hamburger drive through. She said, where's the beef? We're saying, where's the scripture? Where's it at? If we believe it, we ought to have solid scripture for it. No, the truth is, if we had time and I was so inclined, we're led by the Lord, we could go take you to scripture after scripture after scripture in Psalms and in Proverbs and in Ecclesiastes and in other places that tell you, you do certain things, your life will be lengthened. You do other things, your life will be shortened. So then apparently there's not just a certain day and hour that is set for you that you have to go whether or not. In fact, in the book of Philippians, you see Paul talking about this. He said, I'm in a strait betwixt two. I got a desire to go and be with the Lord, which is far better than being here. But to stay is needful for you. Well, see, a lot of the way a lot of people believe, they'd have corrected Paul and said, Paul, what do you mean? It ain't up to you. God will let you know when your time is. Apparently he didn't know that. And the Holy Ghost who was inspiring him didn't know that. 
And in that case, you ought not to know it. Right? No. He's, uh, I mean, a whole lot of things are more up to us than, than, than we like to think sometimes. He's saying, I, I, you know, I'd like to go home to be with the Lord right now, but you need me. And before he gets through talking in Philippians, he says, you know, I'm going to stay. <laughs> I'm going to stay because you need it. And, and, and didn't the scripture said, with long life, he'll what? Well, if you live for a while and you're not satisfied, then you've got some scripture to stand on. Let's believe God and, and live some more till we get satisfied. And a key to longevity, one key, there's several, but one key is this right here. Honoring your father and your mother. Let me tell you why this is such a big key. If you don't honor your parents, you probably don't honor your preachers. You probably don't honor your employers. You probably don't honor your leaders of your nation. And you probably don't honor God either. Sometimes folk like to think, well, you know, well, I don't, you know, I don't do a whole lot of stuff for people. But, oh, I honor God. Ain't true. What you do with people is a direct reflection of what you do with God. Didn't the scripture say, if you say, oh, I love God, but you hate your brother. What did the Bible say? Well, you're a liar. That's not true. We know how much you honor God and love God. It's shown in direct proportion to how you honor people and how you treat people. And if you honor God, you could see how that would attribute or lend to, a, to living a long time, right? If you honor God and his things, then he's going to be able to bless you and keep you. Everybody say honor, honor. Father, Father, and Mother. Amen. See, there's a, it's a commandment and it's a promise that goes with it. You know, sometimes you'll hear people say, well, the love of a mother is akin to the love of God. And, of course, that's not a scripture. But the thing is, uh, the love of the real love that you see in real motherhood is not just akin to the love of God. It is a manifestation, a portion of the love of God. There is no real motherhood or real fatherhood apart from God. And God has given us fatherhood and motherhood to show us all realms of things about himself. In fact, infants, little ones, they should already know a lot about God by the time they get old enough to understand the age of accountability they should already know all kind of things about the character and person of God. They should have learned it from their mother. And I'm not talking about preaching. I'm just talking about how the mother is and from their father, how the father is. Let's talk about motherhood today. And one of the greatest ways that you could honor mother is by showing how motherhood is from God. And how it is of God, how it is God manifested in the family. How many believe God, the Father, has father characteristics? He also has mother characteristics. I'm going to show you a few of those from the scripture. And God has given us fathers and mothers to reveal himself. You already know more about him than you might think. You learned it through mother. Amen. We're talking about real motherhood and godly motherhood. I want you to look with me in the book of Isaiah and the 49th chapter. Isaiah 49. And let's talk a little bit 
about God's characteristics and qualities that are shown through motherhood. In order to honor something, you have to see the value of it. And then when you see how valuable it is, you'll treat it like it's valuable. Mothers are a gift from God. Amen? And as if something's valuable, you don't just throw it in a corner and forget about it. Something's valuable, you, you buy a precious box to put it in. You keep it clean, you polish it, you put it up where everybody can see it. And this is a good description of honoring. Honoring means that you esteem something, you, you value it, and you treat it a certain way. We're honoring God in honoring motherhood today. One way you see God in real motherhood is in comfort. I mean, from the time that infants uh, are born, they, oh, they just glory in the comfort of their mother. It's amazing. And it's not just natural. It's natural, but it's not just all natural. It comes from God. The Lord says here in Isaiah 49... Isaiah 49 and verse uh, 14. Well, let me back up. Verse uh, 13, excuse me. It says, Sing, O heavens, Isaiah 49, 13. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people, and he will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. And listen to what the Lord says. Can a woman forget her sucking child, her nursing child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? That would be unlikely now, wouldn't it? Hmm? Have you, have you ever seen anybody? You heard that uh, uh, family just had a newborn? And you, uh, you come over to see them because you heard they just come from the hospital. And you talk with them a little bit and you see they're there, the, the, the new daddy and the new mama's there. And so you say, well, uh, uh, let me see the baby. And they go, you know, we knew we forgot something. I guess we left that baby at the, at the hospital. That would be very unusual. Wouldn't it? I mean, I've visited new moms in the hospital before, and I mean, they, you know, they might be uh, ha- hazy from some drugs, or they might be, you know, a lot of pain or anything else. But I mean, if they, if they are even remotely conscious, you know what they want to know? Where's my baby? Is that where's my baby? Right? Always wanting to see that baby and hold that baby and take care of that baby. I mean, would a nursing mother absolutely just forget that nursing child he goes on to say yea they may forget highly unlikely but we've heard of cases of mothers that threw their babies away this kind of thing that's that's not natural that's not normal that's not right but the Lord says even if they could yet will I not forget you glory to God He said, I have graven you on the palms of my hands, and your walls are continually before me. Is God going to forget us? 
Sometimes people sing songs, you know, precious Jesus, don't forget me. Well, he's not going to forget you. You don't have to be concerned about that. You don't even have to sing about that. Please, Lord, don't forget me. Not a chance, not even remotely a possibility that he might forget you. He's not forgetful. And thank God we see this in mothers. We, we see the comfort of God exhibited through mothers in a way that you just don't see any other way. Mercy and grace and graciousness and comfort. I actually had the Lord ask me a question this morning. Came up, I don't mean I heard a voice, but it came up. I hadn't thought this before. Can a man be a good mother? Hadn't thought that much about that. And just exactly like that. Because I know there are cases of of single parenthood and that kind of thing. The answer is no. And a man shouldn't try to be. A man can. God can give grace. And a man can be a single parent. Just like a mom can be a single parent. Can a woman be a good father? Well, the answer is no. Does that mean the child is just without? No, no. God can make it up in a number of ways. Amen? There should be, there should be some, ideally, there should be some other men in the immediate family that can portray some of these characteristics. And then also, you should be in a good church where there should be some good men that can help uh, fill some of these places. But then, praise God, you got God. Amen? Amen? And you know, if you didn't have a daddy then don't just holler about that all your life. You got one now. Amen. I said you got one now. If you didn't have a mama, well, don't just cry about that all your life and act like you're, that's an excuse for you being messed up. It's not. You got one now. How many believe that you are complete in Him? And He's everything that you need. But I, one reason I say that is because there's some confusion in our society uh, about, you know, alternate situations with families and, and all these kind of things. But no, God ordained in the beginning that there be a man and that there be a woman. Amen? And that they love each other and that they be committed to each other. And then out of that love and commitment comes children. Amen? And the man is supposed to portray certain things of God in the family, in fatherhood. And the woman's supposed to portray certain things uh, in the family of God through motherhood, and uh, one cannot fully do the other's job. But we need to glory in what we are and not try to be something else. Amen? How many believe a man ought to be a man? You know, like a minister uh, I've sat under a lot says, he said a man ought to be like, he ought to be a man. He ought to look like a man, talk like a man, walk like a man, smell like a man. He ought to be a man. Right? Ought not be any confusion. When people see you from a hundred feet away, they ought not to go, is that a man or a woman? (laughs) Woman ought to be a woman, right? Ought to look like a woman, smell like a woman, act like a woman, walk, talk like a woman, right? And glory, you you hear people say, I've heard ladies say, well, I wish I'd have been born a man. No, you don't. Are you, you you saying God made a mistake? Well, what do you mean? I heard men say, well, I wish I'd, I was born a woman. No, you don't. No, you don't. Glory in being what God has made you. Amen. Amen. 
And contrary to what you hear some folks say, God didn't make mistakes. You hear people say, well, I'm a man in a woman's body. And I know people are struggling in these areas. I know there's problems. And, and, but, you know, you need to ask yourself a question. How did that happen? I'm a woman in a man's body. How did that happen? If you believe God is our creator, I mean, you know, what, did the angels have a bad Monday or something like on the assembly line? I mean, here they're, they're matching spirits with bodies and they put the wrong spirit in the wrong body and, and, and quality control didn't catch it. And or if they did, they said, hey, 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 you put a man in a woman's body and they go, just let it go. Just let it go. Now, I know people are struggling in these areas, but listen, it is not God who's confused. It's people who are confused. And God did not make a mistake with you. The devil's lied. Did you hear me? It's not just in our gender that these things go on. It's in people's life and character in all areas. The devil tries to confuse you and tries to uh, lead you off on different paths. We need to be happy and, and, and glory in what God has made us. Amen? And be the best whatever you're supposed to be. Be a good one of those. Amen? And not try to get off into a different area. And if you have different feelings and if you've been pulled different way, well, dear me, all of us have feelings. You know, if you, if you lived your life based on feelings, we'll all be basket cases. And we'll all be trying all kind of things to see if we fit this or that. No, don't live by feelings. We walk by faith. If the Lord says you're this, then say, this is it. I don't care what kind of feelings I have. This is it. If I'm, I mean, we had all kind of feelings about coming to Branson. <laughs> I mean, I had days where I had feelings. And if I had went by them, we wouldn't be here this morning. Did you hear me? Amen. I've had all kind of feelings in my flesh, in my mind, in my emotions, just like you have. Don't live by those. Live by the truth. Amen. Live by the word. Live by what you know is right. Don't give you, don't, don't think about and yield to those other things and you'll just have less and less trouble with them and you'll get stronger and stronger and you'll go ahead and do what God's called you to be and do. Amen. Amen. Well, God is a God of comfort. And mercy, and he reveals himself in and through motherhood in a great way. When it comes to comfort and mercy, I mean, there's just nothing like the comfort of a mama. I know Phyllis and I were up in New England years ago, and we were with some uh, pastors that we were speaking for. We didn't know them that well. And we were driving through, and their church was actually in a rough part of town. And we were driving through this big city and rough part of town, and there were these kids standing out on the side of the street, and you could tell some of them were trying to sell drugs, or some of them were trying to sell their self, and some of them just looked mean. Some of them looked dangerous. I mean, you just you didn't want to stop the car, and it was a very, very rough, so-called bad part of town. And I was looking at some of these guys, and your initial thought is, uh, man, you know, somebody needs to do something with these people. And the pastor's wife, I'll never forget, she looked out the window and she said, tear came in her eyes. She said, that's somebody's baby. The meanest looking people we saw, that's somebody's baby. And that's real motherhood. 
I said, that's real motherhood. And that's God. That's God manifested in these things. You know, isn't it wonderful that a real mama, a real godly mama, no, no matter how bad you mess up, still love you. Yeah. Right? Everybody else can think you're just messed your life up and there's no use and there's no potential about you. And they'll love you and treat you like you're precious because you are precious to them. And because you're precious to God. And we can have that manifest in all of us. The comfort and mercy of God shown in the way he intended that it should be shown through us. And when you look at somebody and they're just acting like the devil, it'll help you to remember that. They're somebody's baby. Right? And they they were uh, at one time gooing and gawing and, and so sweet and innocent. No matter if they are holding a gun in your face at the moment. They were, weren't they? It was somebody's baby. And uh, they're still God's baby. I mean, even us adults, he calls us little children. Because to him, I don't care if you're 90 years old and think you know a lot. To him, and compared to him, you are little. Little bitty child. You know, something else you see of God that is portrayed in motherhood... And I remember this with my grandmother and with my mother. They've done it and still do it. Sometimes people laugh about this, but God is like this. They treasure things, things in connection with their kids. I see people smiling and mothers smiling and nodding all over the place. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke, the second chapter. Luke chapter 2. Luke, the second chapter. And look in verse 51. Luke 2, 51. Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth. And he was subject to them. You know, even Jesus, though he was the Son of God, manifest in the flesh, and though he probably at this early age knew more about the plan of God and what was going on with him than his parents did, he still was not rebellious or disobedient with them. When they came and told him to come home, that's what he did. So I mean, understand, no children have a legitimate excuse for being rebellious and disobedient. He went on, it went on to say rather, that his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Another translation said she treasured all these things in her heart. I know my grandmother, we used to laugh about it. I'd go, she's in heaven now, and a wonderful woman, and a godly woman, one of the earliest and strongest influences for God in my life. Uh, she, we'd go over to visit her and she had all these dressers and all these things that she just had packed full of every little old thing that we had ever colored or every little old thing that we ever, if, I, if we made a good grade or, or especially if you ever made the paper, oh dear me, I mean that was, that was in a little shrine off to the side. I mean, just... <laughs> 
<laughs> little, you know, little trinkets and stuff. I didn't know what, what, what is that? I called her mama. What is that, mama? Oh, you know, you just love to play with that when you were three years old. Is God like that at all? A lot of folk don't know. He is. Of course, you know, you could go to extreme on that, I'm sure. But but God is this way. I, I want you to just turn to a few scriptures. You got time to? Yeah. I want you to turn to a few scriptures. Go to Psalm 56. I want to show you some things. Some godly qualities that you see manifest through mothers. It's one of the reasons why they are the way they are. So you just leave them alone. They want to save something, you just let them save it. Amen. Oh, mama, why you keep that? Well, you just leave her alone if she wants to keep it. <laughs> let, me, let me just go ahead and say something. I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. But, you know, all your mother needs to do to deserve your eternal respect has already happened. She's your mother. Right? She never will have to do anything to earn uh, you treating her with respect and honor for that place. You might say, well, my mother's done a lot of goofy things. Well, probably so have you. (laughs) Where are you going to find a mother that's never made any mistakes? These things are not based on performance. She doesn't have to do anything. To earn and deserve your honor. Now let me qualify some things. This Ephesians 6 that we set read said children obey your parents. Who's to obey your parents? Children. Well when you're 35 years old you're no longer a child. Right? Not supposed to be. It didn't say that we have to obey our parents all our life. In fact, good parents are not going to try to run your life. They was they should have trained you properly by the time you reach your mid-teens, really, to be making good decisions on your own. And a good mama, good daddy, is not going to try to tell you how to run your life and how to run your marriage and how to raise your kids. They they'd be there for you. For counsel, for advice, to pray with you and stand with you. Children should obey their parents. But no matter how old you are, the very next verse says, honor. How many understand you can honor, even if you don't agree with? Right? You can honor even if you can't go along with. You can and must and should. Even if you, maybe your mother's not here today. Maybe she's a heathen. Maybe she's somewhere else. Maybe she got drunk last night. I don't know. But she's still your mother. You may not be able to agree with everything she's done, but you need to honor her. Not just today, not just this week. You might say, but I can't, you know, I can't go along with all the stuff that she does. Nobody said you had to. But she's your mother. Out of all the women that have ever lived or ever will live, God chose her. Amen, to conceive and bear you. And though they might have told you it was an accident, it wasn't with God. He knew. Amen. No. Everybody say honor. Honor. Your father. father. And your mother. 
Now, what do they have to do to earn this honor? No, it's already happened, right? (laughs) Nothing. They will never have to do anything to earn this honor. Does that mean as a 40-year-old, as a 50-year-old, you have to do everything that they might tell you they think you ought to do? No, you better be praying and seeking God for yourself. Amen. Because I guarantee you, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ... And you didn't do what the Lord tell you to do. You can't stand there and cry and say, yeah, but mama, mama told me to do this. And mama wouldn't let me do That ain't going to carry any weight. <laughs> Why did I get into all that? Psalm, uh, f- Psalm 49. No, 56. Excuse me. We already been to Isaiah 49. Psalm 56. Are you there? God is revealed through motherhood. In Psalm 56, notice verse 8. In verse 7, he said, uh, in their anger, cast down the people, O God. So he's talking about God. And verse 8, referring to God. God, you tell my wanderings, and you put my tears into a bottle. And are they not in your book? God saves tears. Sounds like some mamas, don't it? You put my tears in a bottle? Does God care when you hurt? Does he care? Now, he's not able to just move because you cried. Yeah, he has to have faith to move on. But he cares even if he's not able to move on it. He cares. He saves things like this. Not only this, didn't the Bible said that the very hairs of your head are numbered? Why would he? You don't keep track of that. Did you count them this morning? When's the last time you counted? Have you ever had even a remotely accurate idea of the number of hairs? No. <laughs> Why does he keep up with it? If you don't care, I don't care. It wouldn't bother me if he didn't keep up with it. He wants to keep up with it. Can you say amen? Amen. In Psalm 139, you're there close by, just flip over. Psalm 139. And verse 16. Psalm 139, verse 16 said, Your eyes did see my substance. Yet being unperfect, Psalm 139, 16, and in your book, all of my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there were none of them. God recorded your little finger and fingernail and your little toe and toenail and your ears and your nose and your eyes before they were ever formed in the womb. The scripture says without going there in Malachi 3, it said those that feared the Lord spoke to each other and the Lord heard heard it and a book of remembrance was written before them. When we get together and talk about God, he makes notes on it and keeps them. That sounds like a mother, doesn't it? Doesn't it? The kids are talking about some things and, and you know, I'm, I'm sure some of the things we think are the most adult and, and most 
uh, mature, he hears them sometimes and goes, isn't that cute? And we really think we're being deep, man. We're being, woo, we're deep. And God goes, that's cute. I'm going to save that. We learn a lot about God through motherhood. Everybody say, thank God for mothers. Now, real quickly, I don't want to keep you a whole lot longer, but real quickly, let me give you some specifics, some practical things on how to honor mothers. Your mother, other, anybody that's a mother, and you understand that you wouldn't have to have given birth as a woman to to be a mother. You know what I mean by that? I mean, he talked about mothers uh, a hundredfold. If you had to to leave behind a mother in some situation, well, then there's going to be a uh, I mean, there were people in the scripture that were called, uh, Deborah was called a, a mother in Israel. You know, they used to have terms, a mother in the church. Just a mama to anybody that needed one. A church ought to be like that. I said a church ought to be like that. Ought to be a family. That everybody's a, a brother to everybody else. And everybody's a sister. We, we, are, we use these terms, brother and sister, but it's supposed to mean something. It's supposed to be the real deal. Not just a title. And, and I'm calling on anybody that feels like they're going to be a part of this church. I'm calling on you. We, we, we must have it this way. I won't have it any other way. Amen. 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 I'm planning on being a daddy to the church. Phyllis is planning on being a mama to the church. And a brother and sister to those that the Lord draws here. And anybody in the church. Anybody in the city. Anybody around. But I'm calling on you. Purpose. Be a brother. Amen. Be a sister. And if you see a family with a single mom and they need some father influence, see what God leads you to do about that. You, or the, if you see a, a home without a mother, you be open for God using you. I'm talking about if it, if it gets into your Saturdays. I'm talking about if it gets into your pocket. You understand what I'm talking about? But the most important thing is time and genuine love. Anybody that hooks up with a real church ought to just know I will never be without family again. Family, I got family. Mothers, I got a bunch of them. Daddies, I got a bunch of them. Real. And I'm just saying you can, you can have mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers that are clo- as close and closer than blood would be. Because we are in the family of God. How do you honor your mother? Number one, I'm just going to give you about four things real quickly. I'm not going to teach on each one of them, I don't think. Uh, Don't hold me to it. Number one, how you refer to your mother. How you talk to and how you talk about your mother reveals realms of whether you honor them or not. I mean, you know, you hear in some circles people talk about my old man. Who are you talking about? My old man. Well, my daddy. Well, sometimes they don't mean anything by that phrase, but it doesn't sound very good, does it? My old lady. Who are you talking about? My old lady. Is, is that enough respect? Is that enough honor? I know I was, I was with some people at one point, and, and this, this young teenager kept talking about Susan. Susan, I don't know who she's talking about. Susan, 
And finally I said, who? She said, oh, my mother. They referred to their mother by, their first, by her first name. That's not enough respect. I said, that's not enough respect. It doesn't hurt to use ma'am. Some say, oh, that's just Southern. No, that's just godly. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Oh, Brother Keith, that's just old and square and focused. You're not listening. Everybody say honor. honor. How, how do you show honor? One way is by how you speak to and how you refer to how you talk about. It's not just when you're in front of somebody, when you're talking to somebody else about these individuals. I know, you know, we had the privilege of serving under uh, Dr. Kenneth Hagin for many years. And I've had people uh, come by and say, well, how's the old man? Well, that's not okay. And they really are telling volumes about how little they understand of respect. When it comes to God. I mean, he is Abba, Father. He is Daddy. But you've got to watch about just talking too commonly and too casually. That That shows you don't know who you're talking about. He is awesome. He is amazing. He could manifest his presence in this place, just a little bit of his power, and every one of us would have our nose buried in the carpet, afraid to look up. That's how mighty he, he doesn't want to scare us, but he is something else. Can you say amen? amen? Show respect. How you talk to, how you refer to. Don't bring up your mother's mistakes. Don't bring up and mention uncomfortable past situations to your mother. You know that's one way you honor people is by overlooking things and not mentioning them. Let me give you a perfect example of this. You remember Noah and the flood? As soon as they landed, they said, some people laugh and say he was the first sailor. As soon as he got to shore, he got drunk. He planted him a vineyard. You remember that? He drank too much. And he was in his tent uncovered. And one of his sons went in there and saw him and came out and said, "Uh, uh, Daddy's in there drunk and naked. Remember what the other boys did? They said, you got to be kidding. i got to see this. What did they do? They took a garment, the four of them. Remember that? And they put it on their shoulders and they backed in. You remember that? They backed in and didn't even look and just laid it down and went out. Isn't it true? Love covers a multitude of sins. You know, some people try to act like it's some kind of a spiritual thing that they're always telling off on anybody and claim that it's because of their perception and their spiritual sensitivity and revelation that they know things about people and they're going to tell them. No, love covers. Everybody say it out loud. Love covers. Say it again. Love covers. If you want to honor somebody and respect them, you don't bring up uncomfortable things. You don't bring up past mistakes and failures. Do you? Everybody say honor. Honor. How you talk to, how you refer to, how you talk about. Another thing is in deference. How you refer to and how you defer to. Without going into it, you'll see that... uh, Deferring and preferring shows honor. If you study the the scripture, you'll see that Solomon, when he became king, his mother came into the room one day and he called on him. He said, put her a seat up here. 
And he stood up. And they brought, they brought a, a, another seat in beside the throne. And said, she, she came in there to ask him something she had no business asking. If you read the story. And he couldn't go along with it. It would have messed up the whole kingdom to do what mother wanted him to do. And he didn't do what she asked him, but he did honor her. He called for the throne. He set it up there. And she came and sat down. And they treated her royally and with respect. And if the king's to do it, then you're to do it. Everybody say prefer. Prefer. I mean, you know, don't... uh, and if you, if you can afford to, to send mama first class instead of coach, then you send her first. Right? If you can put mama in the better room, put her in the better room. If you can feed her at the better place, then do that. And if you're not there, then believe God to get there. Right? It's one, one reason why you need to prosper. I said that's one reason you need to prosper. Thank you, Lord. One final thing, and then we're going to pray and... and Speak again over mothers. Conferring things on mother honors them. I got this in my heart years ago. And I, and, and I thought in myself, you know, I'm going to do something for mom before this is over with. I was broke. Dear me, we didn't have anything. But even when I didn't have enough money to buy gas to go across town, I had it in my heart. I am going to, the Lord's going to bless me. And I'm going to get to the place where I can do some things. We're going to believe for some things. I claimed, even when, even when we were having trouble paying rent on a little apartment, I claimed things like fur coats and cars and a better house. We've done a bunch of them. I said, we've done a bunch of them. I think we've given mom a couple of coats, right? You might say, well, boy, where'd you do that? you take up a big offering and go buy mama a fur coat? No. I think both of them were given to us. Yeah, yeah, totally unsolicited. And uh, a car, glory to God. That's right, everybody say, that's right. That's right. All the mama said. That's right, that's right. That's right. <laughs> 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 I want you to believe in God. Maybe, maybe you can't do it today, but it ain't over. I said it's not over. How many believe it's of God for you to do this? Then you know it's according to His will. Then you know you're believing for something that He has a right to do in your life. And to get you to the place where you can buy Mama that big ring. Come on, that's weak, guys. You can get to the place where you can buy Mama that car. Amen? Mama would feel good riding in a new Mercedes. Now some folk are just looking at me like, Brother Keith, why are you? I'm, I read scriptures. Okay? Jesus interpreted honoring mother and father as doing things for them materially and financially. Read Mark 7. Read Matthew 15. That's how Jesus interpreted this passage. Was in doing things for mama and daddy financially and materially. We're going to release faith. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Stand up. We're going to release faith. We're going to pray. God's going to get us to the place. If we're not already there. If you're, if you're there. Then just do what he tells you to do. But we're going to get to the place. 
Or we can bless mama. We can bless her today. I mean, she cares more about our love and time than that anyway. But that's one way you express love. That's one way you express honor. If your mother's there close by or uh, or you can, won't you reach over and put your hand on her shoulder as we pray, as we say these things. Or if your mother's in another part of the state or another state or another part of the country, just close your eyes and say this out loud again. Say, Father God, I thank you for my mother. I thank you for choosing her to bear me and to be a mother to me. I honor this, your choice and your work and your revelation of yourself to me through my mother. I bless her. I pray for her. I say, Lord, help me. And through ever which channel you would use, I'm believing for blessings. On my mother. Lord, let there come. Increase. So that we're able. To bless mother. Financially. And materially. And to honor. In the way. That is good. In your eyes. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. Everybody just lift your hands up for just a minute further. Let's just praise him a little bit further. Lord, you are a good God, and you have shown your love to us. You have shown such good and rich things to us through mothers and grandmothers, and we're thankful that you're like this. You're tender. You're kind. You're good. You're comforting. You're gracious. You're merciful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know some of my uh, some of my fondest memories are of God manifesting himself to me through our mothers. I know my grandmother when I was just a little uh, little bitty tyke, my parents were working and they'd leave me with uh, with grandma. And uh, like I said, she's a woman of God, filled with the spirit. And I mean, I, I was barely old enough to remember anything, but I remember a couple of these things. She took me out. They had a huge pear tree out behind their house, way out in the country. Big, big, luscious pears. And when the pear season was really on, and these things, how many understand there's nothing quite like a tree ripened? Tree ripened pear, sun ripened pear or peach or something like that. And man, I'd be out there, and I, I remember just distinctly, I don't know how old I was, I was a little bitty guy, she was having to carry me most of the time, and uh, I'm out there with pear juice from one end to the other, and I'm having a big time eating these pears. And I remember her holding me in her arms, sticky and all, and she'd say, these pears are wonderful, aren't they? I'd go, mmm, these pears are good. She said, God made these pears. And he's sweeter than these pears. He's better than these pears. I understand you don't have to get too deep to teach people about God. And in my little mind, I thought he's got to be really sweet. Because these pears are great. <laughs> my grandpa raised Hereford cattle. 
He had a great big Hereford bull called Tom. And of course, you know, me being such a little guy and him being such a big bull, he looked like an absolute monster to me. He looked as big as a house to me, but he was a pet. They raised him from a little calf and he was a, he was a virtual pet. And I remember standing and putting my little hand in the middle of his big curly head. And I'm thinking, he is so huge. And he, he thought you were going to feed him. So he'd walk up behind you and nudge you with his head and just push you into the next county almost, you know. <laughs> and uh, I remember looking at him and rubbing his big curly head. And my grandma said, Tom is big. And I said, yeah, Tom is big. She said, God made Tom. And God is bigger than Tom. I thought, how could anybody be bigger <laughs> than Tom <laughs> but he is I said he is thank God for grandmas I remember my mother you know they, they didn't always serve God all of our growing up but I remember distinctly the time that she got in the altar and got back to God and was close to God we lived in a little bitty house and paper thin walls and me and my little brother Sleeping in the bed right across the, uh, through the little wall. I, I woke in the middle of the night and felt something. I thought, what is this? And mama is just praying away in tongues. She's caught up in the spirit. And I just lay there as a little boy in bed and thought, this is great. Just the presence of God that I just felt there. And here mama just praying and praying and praying and praying in the other room. That's a good life. Not everything in our life was perfect. Don't you misunderstand me. But thank God for things like this. And that's what Paul told Timothy. He said, I am persuaded that the unfeigned, the the pure, the real, the genuine faith that was in your mother, Eunice, and your grandmother, Lois, I'm persuaded that that faith is in you. What a heritage. Amen. Passed down from grandmother and mother and father to child and grandchild. Everybody say, we're going to have this. More and more. Purer and purer. To the glory of God. Praise God.